Good afternoon. I'll admit I'm taking a gamble because I did everything on my phone. If it dies, we're singing. All right. Uh, uh, thanks for the opportunity to come speak to you. Uh, if there's three things, anytime that I speak, you're going to get a story. We're going to read a lot of verses, and you're going to take home a message that hopefully each and every one of us can use. Uh, Matthew chapter 28. At the very end of Matthew chapter 28, it's the Great Commission, right? And it says, uh, Go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. In the Great Commission, Jesus wanted his apostles to make disciples, right? And we all know disciples just means a follower, follower of a certain individual. Jesus wanted disciples who are learners, followers, wanted disciples who learned from him. So what does Jesus expect of us? Are we his disciples? Can you say that you are a disciple of Jesus? If so, discipleship involves many things. Uh, turn to 2 Peter Second Peter chapter 1, starting in verse 5, says, But also for this very reason, given all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, to brotherly kindness love. For if these things are yours and you abound, you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ says to brotherly kindness add love. Jesus wanted disciples who loved. Love here refers to God's kind of love, which originates not in the one loved, but the one who loves. God loves because he is love. So we are to love because we are from God. One might ask, so what are we to love? I'd say maybe last month or so, I was in the kitchen with Tanya, and we were, you know, picking at each other, back and forth. You don't know me. Hayden comes in. I know you, Daddy. It's like, really? <laughs> you know me. All right. What do I love? She said, God. <laughs> yeah. Family. All right. Pizza. Yeah. Nah, you know me. Those are the things that I love. Sometimes on people's tombstones doesn't it give you a real little reflection of how they were if somebody asked you what do you love what's going to be your answer anytime i took a trip to north carolina my grandpa loved to show me the same magazines that he kept for years and he thought it was always something new and i'm like yes this one again okay that was something that he loved what do you love as disciples of Jesus, what are we supposed to love? That's what we're going to talk about. For one, we're supposed to love the Lord, right? Where do we see that at? Matthew chapter 22. In Matthew chapter 22. And in verse 37. Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. 
Jesus taught that we should love God. His disciple John wrote in 1 John chapter 5 that loving God, you must also do what? Love the Son. Jesus expressed this conversely in the same thing in John chapter 15 and verse 23. No man cometh through the Father but by me. In order to love God or to be a disciple, you have to love Jesus, love the Lord. A disciple of Jesus is one who loves both the Father and the Son. What else are we supposed to love? What about each other, right? Do we love each other? Do we love the brethren here? Do we see this in the Bible? John chapter 13. John chapter 13. Uh, starting in verse 34. John chapter 13 and verse 34. It says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all will know that you are my disciples, if what? You have love for one another. A disciple of Jesus is one who loves his fellow disciples. Sometimes in church, brother so-and-so looked at me the wrong way. Do you believe what she's wearing? Do we have love, true love for each other? So we're to love Jesus. We're to love the brethren. We're also supposed to love the lost. God the Father certainly loved the lost, right? John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that, what? He gave his only begotten son so that none should perish. Jesus likewise had compassion, Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9, starting verse 35. Then Jesus went about to all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them, because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest, send out laborers into his harvest." He was talking about the loss there. He saw that there were so many people that needed his teachings. Paul also had a great concern for the loss. Romans chapter 10. In Romans chapter 10 and verse 1. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that what? They may be saved. A disciple of Jesus is one who loves those who are lost in sin. Now, of course, just like Hayden astutely pointed out, a disciple can love their family, right? A disciple can also love their enemies. But you also have to have love for the lost. So in these loves, how do we demonstrate these? It's one thing to say we love it. It's another to act like it. One, we show that we love each other, or at least the Lord, uh, is through worship, right? We've been commanded to demonstrate our love for God through the assembling of ourselves together. Uh, John chapter 4 and verse 23. 
John chapter 4 and verse 23. It says, But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. So how do we worship in spirit and truth? That includes keeping his commandments. In John chapter 14, uh, verse 15, 23, we're to keep his commandments. We're also not to neglect our assembling together. We're here for a purpose, right? And the purpose is to show our love to God. That's in Hebrews chapter 10. Disciples demonstrate love for God through public worship and private devotion. How do we show our love for each other? Is it just when we have good old potlucks? Everybody bring your own dish? I really love the baked beans you brought the other day. Is that what we're supposed to love? No, we're supposed to, through, through fellowship, demonstrate our love to each other. By one, not forsaking the assembling. Just you being here shows you love me or can tolerate my speaking. But it shows love that we want to be here. By not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, we fellowship with one another in two ways. By coming together as a church, one every Sunday, right, for the Lord's Supper and by other means of edification. When we sing, aren't we uplifting hymns and edifying each other? Also, we're supposed to extend hospitality one to, one to another. 1 Peter chapter 4. First Peter chapter 4. And it says, uh, verse 8, And above all things have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. Be hospitable. To one another without grumbling. Disciples dis demonstrate love for the brethren through fellowship in the church and in the home. And then how do we show our love for the lost? Do we say, Brother Kyle's doing a good job, let him do it. He's the preacher, right? That's all on his plate. Or is it meant for each one of us? There is no better way to show love for the lost than through evangelism. Jesus showed this, his compassion, in this way. In Matthew chapter 9, he taught the lost, right? Turn to Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9 and verse 37, which we already read. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is truly plentiful, the labors are few. Right? But then go down to uh, verse 37. No, that's what I read. Uh, verse 37. Uh, then he said to the disciples, The harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Do we pray for the lost? That's what he's saying here. We can teach the lost, we can pray for the lost. And then also, we need to develop 
and send forth laborers, right? Skip down to uh, chapter 10, verse 1. And when he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and kinds of disease. Verse 5. And these 12 Jesus sent out and commanded them, saying, Do not go to the way of the Gentiles and do not enter, in, enter a city of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, do what? Preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Provide neither gold nor silver nor copper in your money belts, nor bag for your journey, nor two tunics, nor sandals, nor staffs, for a work, worker is worthy of his food. Evangelism is an active It, you have to have action to preach the gospel. To spread the gospel takes effort. How can we show our concern for the lost? Through one, personal evangelism. Don't we come into contact people every day? Who here lives in a cave? I've often said I wish I lived in a cave. <laughs> I really it might be easier, right? Just put me in the back of the darkest cave and I'm going to be fine. Can we live like that? No. So we got to con come into contact to people eventually, right? Do we spread the news that we've been given? What about supporting foreign evangelists? Do we think about giving to other people who are maybe struggling, struggling preachers who are trying to? Disciples demonstrate love for the lost by engaging in both local and foreign evangelism. So let's wrap this up, all right? We got a long way into becoming true disciples of Jesus. But how we get there is one, loving the Lord, loving the brethren, and then love the lost. And in order to do that, we have to show our love by public worship, fellowship with each other, and engaging in evangelism. There's a lot of Christians today that do it half halfway, right? They say they love, but they don't want to show it. They say, yeah, I love the brethren, but I'm not going to have anything to do with them. I love the lost, but I'm not going to speak a word to them. I love God, but I'm not going to show it. Are you in that category? I'm going to leave you with Philippians chapter 1. Turn to Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 9. Anytime I get up here and talk, usually I'm talking to myself. It's something that we, I need. Hopefully somebody here can take a, some part of this message and use it. But every one of us can take this last chapter, last verse. It says, Philippians chapter 1 and verse 9, In this I pray that your love may what? Abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment. It don't matter how old you are, your love can grow. Let's realize that, okay? And if there's any here that needs to make things right, let's do so while we can as we stand and sing.